0: Welcome to the Ink to Film podcast, where we read the book and then see the movie. I'm filmmaker James Bailey, and I'm writer Luke Elliot. And here we go with another From the Vault episode. I'm sure you weren't expecting this, but how
1: how dare you, James? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> uh, actually, Luke, you want to say why?
1: Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you might not even be able to hear it uh, on on the on the mic or not. Uh, I'm not sure, but I I basically had some nasal surgery recently opening up the airwaves um, a deviated septum i've had since i was a kid and i'm a little bit congested and just kind of like gunked up um so i went ahead and canceled uh this the the Macbeth movie episode that was going to be coming out this week because we had a a guest scheduled to come on and i just wasn't sure so
0: yeah we rescheduled not not canceled rescheduled yes we
1: rescheduled it thank you um so that should be coming to you next week um once i'm a little better Um, and we're excited for that still. Hopefully you stick around. Sorry for the delay. Um, I'm also going to a retreat thing this week. Uh, Patrick Swinson runs the Rainforest Writers Retreat. Uh, He was on for our Station 11 coverage, and uh, I go to that every year. So this just happened to be kind of a crazy time with a lot of stuff happening. So it ended up being easier to take off this week, Um, but we will be coming back and doing Macbeth, and then we'll be following that up with our first Patreon quarterly poll project. So what we do now on Patreon is we uh, collect a bunch of suggestions. So we have like an ongoing suggestion thread that I just created on there. People can comment anything they want us to consider. Um, Anyone can comment. It's a public post on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash ink to film. I think you have to make an account, but you don't have to pay. So just get on there and you can comment and you can like. Uh, most importantly, probably like other suggestions that you that you would most want to hear. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pull from that poll, I think, that, that, that list, and we're going to create our actual Patreon quarterly polls, which only patrons can vote on. So once it gets narrowed down, and right now we're going to take our top three uh, vote earners. Uh, so we're excited to do that. All of those sound really exciting to me. Um, very different, <laughs> three wildly different projects, but um, whatever sounds best to you. And if you have a strong opinion, you know, go sign up for patreon you can get on there and cast your vote um even i think our lowest tier gets gets voting power so
0: we're also here to tell you about this bonus episode that's coming back around now so this is the 2012 total recall that we covered in this episode and um i listened to it a little bit i listened back to the episode and and for a bonus episode i thought that it was really fun i enjoyed listening back to our thoughts comparing it to the total recall with arnold schwarzenegger that we covered in the main feed so it Talking to Philip K. Dick, who
1: who we've enjoyed covering multiple times, and I know uh, we get into some science talk that is probably a little over our heads. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, was, I remember I was making some very emphatic points, and I'm like, I, I probably need to be fact-checked on this, but... Uh, I, I'm pretty confident in the fact that the uh, the movie itself was not very well fact checked because there's some bogus stuff that happens in there, and we we react to that. Um, and if you like the sound of this, we have another bonus episode that is going to be exclusive to Patreon um, because this one is from like 2020, so this one's pretty old. Um, and this new one is us reacting to uh, the Winter Dragon, which is the pilot for a unreleased Wheel of Time. Show that had really shady stuff going on in the background as they were trying to like hold on to the rights and all this stuff. We watched that pilot react to it and talk about all the madness that went on behind the scenes, and it was actually really fascinating. Um, and, and that one's going to be coming out only on Patreon, so another reason to get on Patreon, you know, beyond just being able to vote on the poll. All
0: right, well, we hope you enjoy this from the vault episode. We'll see you next week.
1: We are covering Total Recall, the 2012. Uh, Lynn Lynn Grossman, is that his name? Lev Grossman? No, that's an author.
0: Len Wiseman.
1: Len Wiseman, thank you. Lev Grossman is an author. (laughs) Unrelated (laughs) to this movie. (laughs) Um, Len Wiseman, uh, who who is the director of the Underworld films. That's, I think, the only other thing I know him from. Um, Married to Kate Beckinsale for a time. I I know about that. (laughs) But other than that, I don't know much about him. Um, But yeah, his version of Total Recall adapted from the uh we will remember it for you wholesale short story by philip k dick uh, that we covered on the main f- main feed for the pod
0: and uh this this movie made sure to to reference that a few times they said uh, we will remember it for you we will remember it for you like <laughs> i don't know five or six times it was like the marketing material for recall within this within this mm. 2012 version so i wanted to ask you have you seen
1: had you seen this movie before
0: no, I had not seen this.
1: Okay, cool. So first time, first time viewing. That's fun. I, I had yep. seen it before. I went and saw it in the theaters when this came out because wow. you know it looked like it was sort of my kind of movie. Like I was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. a kind of cyberpunky. It's got Colin Farrell in it, who like, I've always been kind of a fan of. And um, you know, I was I, I thought it was gonna be great. I, you know, Kate Beckinsale. Like I'm not saying she's like the greatest or anything, but I've always had a soft spot for her. You know, she was. One of my early kind of uh, movie crushes, probably, uh, yeah, growing sure. up. So, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, sign me up for this movie. Um, and then I remember getting kind of bored in the theater and kind of checking out. And I felt something similar happening to me in this movie, too. And I think it really starts to happen in like the third act of the movie. Yeah. Um, and i was i was gonna definitely i want to get your take on i don't want to like bias you too much but you know what were your thoughts on this movie
0: well you're already you're already hitting on on most of what i felt so going in i kind of was going to be cynical about it and be like oh they remade it and all this stuff but for the first like quarter to a third of the movie i was like oh shit like maybe this is better than i than i anticipated and i was really enjoying like you know although i felt like you know not I felt like grounding Total Recall seemed like a mistake. I think like you need to lean into the weirdness, and they tried to ground it by instead of using Mars, they had like a co- two colonies and one. Yeah. You know, th- and like that was sort of a way to like make it seem more believable in a way. in the future tech, um, mm-hmm. although I will, that... I would argue that the scenario they set up is actually less believable than a Mars
1: colony. Yeah. But well, the, but whole, because... <laughs> the whole third act,
0: the, the whole third act should have been.
1: No. Right? Well, right? yes, right? but I mean, uh, uh, the idea that it is easier. To create a shaft through the core of the Earth mm-hmm. to connect two places on the surface. Well, of the Earth. I have
0: a theory. I have a theory about why they did this. They, they, I think they really wanted a zero G scene. Like yes, a that is fire. exactly what it is. They yeah.
1: really wanted because they. Someone read a, a thought experiment where there's a lot of these out there about what it would be like to fall through the core of the Earth. And they like that's really cool. I want to put a a, a uh, elevator shaft through the center of the Earth. And we're going to put it in our Total Recall movie for some reason. But it'd be really cool if we had that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, like, it, just madness ensues from that idea because it just it, it's it's laughable to me that that would because, like, you would even see them get on a train and go out into the, like, chemical wasteland. And it's like they're fine when they're on the train. So right. the idea that it would be easier to core through the insane density of metal of metal at the core of the earth and the in, in unbelievable
0: temperatures what do you do with the magma what do you do with it's the, it like, and like
1: i it's also just like i think they fail to grasp how far that would still be like the distance right. would still be incredibly far like they go across it in like a couple hours or, or less
0: yeah or less i think i think it's supposed to be like like 15 minutes. to 30 minutes or something 15 minutes no fucking that's how, way remember like, he sets the timer and then they travel yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah, and they're like yeah. on the other side in like 15 minutes the speed in right. which it would have to be going would be Incredible for that to be true. ludicrous
0: ludicrous speed plus yeah at the end of the movie They're climbing out on top of that thing while it's traveling yeah. through the center of the earth um, Well, you know what I, I bet though um, I bet that sorry I, I
1: didn't mean to interrupt you But I bet that they looked at the thought experiment and I bet that that maybe it is like a free fall if you were to be at a true free fall That you would hit a certain speed and then like I I imagine they probably calculated it and maybe you would get to that. But the problem is the speed we're talking about is has to be incredible. And the idea that you could walk around on the outside of this thing at any point in time is laughable.
0: Yeah. And like I I would have assumed like when they busted that window or opened the hatch or whatever, they would have gotten sucked out just due to like pressure and, you know, traveling.
1: Well, it's uh, clearly there's air in the in the um, chamber. But whereas I feel like it would have to be a vacuum. For this to work the way that they're describing it, and the air in the chamber would create um, like wind shear. It would it would be you know what I mean. So that would be
0: it would be like trying to like stick your head out of a seven forty seven. Like it would be it'd exactly be impossible. yeah. It's like what happens when you puncture a hole in a plane. They're traveling so yeah. fast. So yeah. uh, anyway, let's jump back to the beginning and talk about some of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, there was some stuff that worked though. It's like that I hate, but like there is some good. There's some good stuff in this movie too. I mean, they they decided to go. Where Total Recall is weird, quirky, and unique, they decided to go grounded, sci-fi, familiar cyberpunk. And don't get me wrong, the cyberpunk and the futurism looked good in the movie. I think a lot of the set, pe- like like the sets, looked very nice. It looked pretty good.
1: I, I um, in some ways, I I think it it looked better for me than I even remembered it looking. Um, yeah. But I I also feel like they went with a drab color palette that did not do them a lot of favors.
0: Well, it felt like generic action sci-fi um, yeah. in a way. And it's like raining constantly. Clearly they inspired by Blade
1: Runner, which is another yeah. Philip K. Dick adaptation. But even Blade Runner has more splashes of color that are more dramatic than anything you get in this movie,
0: Yeah, in my opinion. It's very gray. The movie is very gray. And dark and moody and grounded. Oh, and and lens
1: flares, man! What is with the fucking lens flares in every scene? And like it, like they'd have a great looking scene, but it would be totally washed out by like five lens flares. It was so weird.
0: It just, I don't know. I think there was this, this like futuristic. It looked futuristic to people because of, I guess, reflective. You know what it reminded
1: me of? The lens flares reminded me of Minority Report, another Philip K. Dick adaptation, which is like I don't know. They're referencing that, and then the flying car scenes were also very Minority Report.
0: Yeah. I think that they they took some of the the charm of Total Recall and tried to update it and make it cool for the modern day, make make it like a Bourne Jason Bourne like action movie mixed with yep. these sci fi elements, and it just it, it you know I think it loses what Total Recall was, and that doesn't mean that it's like bad inherently just because they changed it so much. It's not really Total Recall anymore, but it's when they started to lose me was when I feel like they lost the the thread, uh, was when they started when basically when they got on the train to go out to the wasteland or whatever. And that the plot from there. Yes, forward, that's well, so the pace of the movie falls apart at that point, too, right. I think. Yeah. And so like that, that like first the first portion I, I was on board with, I could get on board with. I was like, this is fun. You know, Colin Farrell's great. I think he's a yeah. really great actor. Um, you know, he's it, I was excited to see everybody having fun. John Cho, by the way, as the guy running Recall, he yeah, was having he was the fun. most fun. He was <laughs> I, I thought he was killing it. Yeah, uh, he's great. Just uh, I mean,
1: and the action sequences were like exciting. You know what I mean? I think they they kind of dragged on a little too long at times. I was like, "Is this still the same sequence?" Well, like
0: the chase scene specifically. There, were yeah, lots, of, chase lots of
1: long chases, but they, they there was a lot of exciting stuff that happened in them, and um, I
0: thought they were for the most part well choreographed. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The the as soon as he's finished with recall, like like when he first is getting the recall. Uh, like recalls messing with his brain and then he jumps out of the chair and then they're like put your hands on your head that fight scene is a great combination of camera work uh choreography like you said and and like you know cg to blend Mm -hmm. to blend some of the different takes and things like that and just like the it was very energetic it was very exciting i thought that it was it was i mean it was impressive i thought it was really impressive and i enjoyed it um for what it was you know like an action jason bourne type over the top sci-fi scene
1: before we move away from it, I did want to mention I caught that he was reading an Ian Fleming novel when he was saw on the uh, when he was like, on, the, on the train or the 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 fall thing whatever it is which is the the creator of um, James Bond right yes yeah so you have that reference to the spy and like I I, lo- I was like I was feeling it man I'm like oh I know where this is going and I like these little clever references they're doing and. Um, they mention about how oh I knew a guy who wanted to be king of Mars and then he says like, I would like to go to Mars And I'm like oh they're playing with that, you know referencing the first movie um, And you know it, I was trying to give it credit You know I was trying to I was really trying to like this movie um, and I didn't hate it, but it's just eh.
0: yeah Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's where I ultimately land on it was just like it's fine like yeah. uh, you know if, if the second half was better I would be it was if the second half was as good as the first half, I'd be much more Mm -hmm. on board and I would think it's a much more full and realized movie. But the the other thing is, I think Total Recall was successful because of specifically Tone and then, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and then uh, the somewhat self-aware nature of it. And this was not self-aware. This was very well. It
1: was Paul Verhoeven, right? Which we talked about. He's the guy who made Robocop. So if you haven't seen Total Recall, but you have seen RoboCop, if you've seen any of these movies, he also made Starship Troopers. Like he has a very particular satirical style um, that you is completely absent in this movie. This it just is not present at all. It right. is not self-aware in that way. It's not trying to make a biting social commentary in that way, um, other than like colonialism bad, kind of. And we're gonna have like Britain, the United Britain, and we're gonna have the colony, which is basically in Australia. Um, which also is like weird because it kind of erases like, I mean, I I guess the idea is all these other countries moved into them, but like it erases so many other cultures. I I don't know. They're supposed to be multicultural, but it's just weird that we have Australia and Britain are the only places left basically.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about the filmmaker a little bit. Uh, Len Weissman, because you, you mentioned that he directed Underworld, which, you know, I think you can see that sort of slick 2000s action movie, Sexual tension, uh, like between a lot of the characters. Yeah, uh, taken seriously. There was a
1: movie that I am afraid to watch again as like a grown person.
0: <laughs> okay, but
1: I feel like I saw Underworld when it came out, and and was like, this movie's cool.
0: I know it's not great, but it's cool. And I don't know if I would still feel that way or not. <laughs> it came out a period of time when, yeah, I was very much into it. It was like I said, it was like sleek sexy it was it was yeah. fighting and all the uh, you know it's just i think it's i kinda think goth it's which i was kind of <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah especially for that time yeah and so i think i think that is sort of carried over here maybe you know take out the goth and you have sort yeah. of the well you have the similar
1: elements. act you have some of the same actors so that right. helps yeah kate Beckinsdale.
0: <laughs> yeah um uh, what's the name of the, the, the leader of the resistance it's uh bill nye
1: right and he was uh i mean he's the guy in Pirates of the Caribbean, what's his name? Uh Davy Jones. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got, you know, the tentacles. A, you know, that performance is great, regardless of what you say the rest of those movies. Um and then he is uh he's in Underworld obviously, as I think he's like one of the old vampires who had a pretty striking performance. He's in like Shaun of the Dead of all movies. <laughs> like he's in he's got, uh, like, a lot of cool stuff.
0: Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, when I saw him, I was like, OK, we're just getting all the underworld cast back together here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And also in this movie, we have Brian Cranston as the, sort of the antagonist. Uh, right. He doesn't show up in the flesh until the movie, un- unfortunately, starts to decline, in my opinion. But, yeah. uh, you know, a good presence. I was happy to see him in films, you know, I, because he's been he'd been so famous in Malcolm in the Middle and then Breaking Bad. And then to see him start to get a lot of movies was is nice. So I am a huge Brian Cranston fan.
1: Um, I, you know, he, he's been on podcasts where I've listened to him talk for hours where he's like wise. And I just want to learn from this guy and he's amazing in breaking bad and amazing in so many things he's in. It felt like he was in a different movie than everybody else a little bit in this movie. Like he was, I think he was trying to evoke the main villain from total recall, the original film and how like dickish that guy was and, and over the top. And like he was trying to do that like on his own, but like the rest mm. of the movie wasn't that. So right. it, he felt like a really weird fit for me. And I actually I did think not really like his character's role in this movie.
0: Right. I think it had to do with a couple of things. I think he was like, ooh, paycheck, unfortunately. I think he was like, <laughs> yeah. I can be the main antagonist of this big movie. And if it does well, I mean, that's huge, you know? And yeah. I think he was going for it. And I also think that he's, he's hamming it up. It's a big action movie villain. And he's yeah, like, exactly. I gotta be the most extra. Well, but and,
1: and that would fit in a different kind of movie. Whereas this movie was like, I don't know, the tone was just slightly slightly different. I think than that. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I you know, I'm not gonna say it was performance alone. It was, but bo- you know, like we said, not a ton of. Oh no, I'm sure part of it, it is character is written, with. direction, yeah. all of that. Um, uh, and then I, the other person we haven't talked about is Jessica Biel. Um, yeah, it was also yeah. So she's like. It's interesting because Jessica Biel I feel like hasn't been in anything in a long time, but it was nice yeah, to see her again. I don't, and I, don't know I think much they gave her, her character more to do than the the role of the um, character in the original Total Recall. In the original film, you know, yeah. She, she, she in the original film she sort of has more to do like as far as like running around and helping. In the I agree. I, I
1: would give the credit to this version of the character as being better. I think yeah. so. So I want to talk about Kate Beckinsale a little bit um, because actually her her performance was a little uneven. But some of the some of the best moments in the movie I would attribute to her, actually. I thought some of her action sequences
0: were really great. Right. Well, like I said, that chase scene. That chase scene between her and Colin Farrell in the well, in like multiple the chase beginnings. scenes, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the first um, one where they're jumping across the rooftops and chasing each other, like, like sliding well, down Well, when shafts. they fight
1: in the um, in the apartment. Right. Um, there was a couple. Of, I, I wrote down both times. I was like, man, she loves to do these badass slides. <laughs> she yeah. does it a few times. Or she well, does she does the slides slide. on her knees. My,
0: the slide on the knees to the face of Colin Farrell was particularly funny for me. I was like, "Yeah." yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "It's kind of funny," but there was, was a cool. Funny. There was
1: actually a cool one later that I really liked. Um, that wasn't as silly, but looked cool. Um, uh-huh. There's a moment where they're going down in an elevator, and it, it, I think it was a camera trick, but it looked cool because it was convincing. It mm-hmm. looks. He looks up through the like door opening and he sees her running at the um. Elevator, oh yeah, I know what you're. Gonna and say. then the elevator goes down and he sees her start a slide. And then it like turns and looks up, and she comes down through the roof of the elevator. Right. Yeah. Like she slid onto the elevator. You and down into You think she's gonna it?
0: come through the gap if she can make it, but she can't make it in the gap, and then she still ends up shooting down through the roof. Yeah. It looked yeah. cool,
1: and it looked like it was all like one
0: shot, which I don't know if
1: it actually was because I don't right. know. And maybe it was. I don't know. Could have but been like they a whip were able pan to mask it. Even, it even if there cut. was a cut. It made right. it look
0: convincing. Exactly. So. There could have been like a whip pan where they where they were able to mask a cut, but either way, it's hard to yeah. do either way
1: yeah and it looked cool and like so and and i think you have to sell her as sort of a a big bad for this movie to work and i and i was surprised at how well it, it succeeded i really liked the the moments where she was walking with the robots um which i have my issues with the robots in general but the, when she was using them for cover and stuff i thought it was cool and how she was like stalking down the hallway kind of hiding behind one i thought looked great um but in general, I-, I think the robots are sort of a that is the PG-13 writ large <laughs> problem because this movie is PG-13. And they're yep. like, well, instead of having him kill a bunch of people, we're going to put in robots, which you can do
0: anything to. And it's fine. And no one, you know, it's not it's not bloody. So it's all good. This idea of robots chasing them could seem, I don't know, could potentially seem. A little more dangerous because they're so precise they're so you know they don't yeah. get tired all that kind of thing but, they but the they're time, not it's like the iRobot yeah, it's the iRobot situation where you yeah. just have like masses of robots and they're getting killed constantly and everything he was killing guys i mean he, he killed a lot of people uh when you know when recall first came after when he was in recall and he killed like all those people to get out
1: yeah he does kill some people that's true but even then it's bloodless because it's pg-13 yeah. like the movie the movie feels toothless in a way that is like inconceivable to me when you are adapting that movie
0: yeah I mean we saw people like somebody the first scene somebody's head is melting and it's yeah, very yeah. violent Arnold Schwarzenegger actually is like the eyes are popping yeah, out. His eyes are like, popping out of his head and you're like what the fuck did I just see <laughs> like, and I think yeah. that's all that's a staple and like a hallmark of that movie like just how how batshit crazy it is
1: yeah, and you get none of that here. And in fact, when it starts making some of those references later, like we see, uh, we go to dubstep land and we see the, the three boobs
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: and it's like, I don't know, it just felt like tossed in like, hey, here's a reference for you. You know, you wanted yeah. to see it because you went and saw a Total Recall movie. Right. Um, and yeah, then- yeah. And then another reference was the woman who, when he gets caught uh, in his disguise, they show the woman who looks just kind of like the woman that Arnold was disguised as. Then he ends up not being that. I don't know. It just felt weird. It was like, because that was such an iconic scene with the head opening up and the way it like peels apart. And instead they just did like a CGI hologram masking, which Mm -hmm. doesn't look nearly as cool.
0: Well, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't jump through the glass. In like a you know, in like he jumps through
1: some glass, but not not the way that it looked in the, in not the, in the scanner like the X-ray, and everything. The yeah. X ray glass and everything. Yeah. Did you notice that when he gets his like uh, briefcase full of money, that uh, did you see the face on the money?
0: Yeah, Obama on the on the bills. Obama. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, I that's pretty awesome. I, like that well, I was that like, <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. There's some great CG like we've talked about. I I really did think that it was impressive for the time even for 2012 i feel like i still go back and watch stuff from 2011 2012 and see you know more uh sparse cg this this was Mm -hmm. like they really went for it uh huge landscapes you know sprawling cities Uh, all the a lot of the car stuff looked good even the uh and some of the technology was interesting the the phone in the hand and then putting it up against a piece of glass i like that it's kind of interesting um I don't know. I think that's kind of a cool technology. Would people like to have it attached to them, their phone know. attached to their hands? I don't in know, their bo- in their bodies? In their body? Track. Well, there's trackable. a lot of
1: talk about these, like sort of nanotech and like body modifications and stuff. So that is somewhere there where it's definitely potential that that could be a thing. Um, yeah. You know, it looked cool, and, and I like the, I like sci-fi films that go for it. You know, and and introduce concepts like that, and just try and be like, what if this fucking weird. You know, <laughs> technology. Right. What about the the
0: rope the rope gun that you can like yeah. sling people around the room with and stuff when it wraps. Yeah, up.
1: that was cool. I like that too. I didn't know. I, I have no idea
0: how it, how it worked, but yeah. it looked cool. <laughs> that's the that's the next non lethal uh, deterrent that you can that you could potentially you know stop people from committing crimes or something with is just rope them up. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was
1: a moment where it's I think it's when he's talking to Jessica Biel's character. And he's learning about his former life, and he and um, I think it's, he's watching the video of himself, and he describes how he joined the resistance. Um, he like joined the resistance as a as a secret agent or something. Like he was against it, but then he learned because he met a woman. He's like, I met a woman, and it changed everything. And right. my wife. Let out an audible groan <laughs> when he said it. And I was like, yes, it's so true. Like, I felt the same way. It was like such a weird, like, it, it, it absolved him of having any actual, like, moral stakes in it. Instead, it was more like, I met a woman, so I changed my mind because of her. And, like, that well, was and the Well, it seems reason. like
0: that's her. That's, yeah. And then it's like, is that her reason for existing in the story was just. Exactly. A, was to change yeah. the mind of a man. Right.
1: Yeah. Although, we, it sets up the same, like, double, triple cross thing that happens later. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I was just like, "Oh,
0: yeah." This, yeah, I think this is just unfortunately the more forgettable version of this movie. Um, there's yeah. something else that I had a lot of issues with, which was whereas Total Recall, uh, the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger, would put you into a sit- so so. This is my example of of some, a scene that played much better when in Verhoeven's version of the the events, he, he goes to Total, Re- he goes to Recall, sits down in the chair. They're telling him everything's going to go great. He's going to become a super, uh, speak secret agent. He's, you know, they're talking about the woman that he wants to dream about or whatever. And then they inject him with it. And then they're like, "Oh shit, something's going wrong." But in so, and then in in uh, Len Wiseman's version of the events. As we're walking in, he's like, everything should be fine as long as you don't already have this implanted in you. And they're like already kind of like leading you with breadcrumbs to what's about mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. I like the idea of just dropping it on people when it's already happening because it's so much more, you know, I, I get the dialogue that that John Cho gets to chew on and like give give that performance and kind yeah. of set it up for people. But it does feel like handholding a little bit when you're like, yes, That's oh, hand handholding. Yeah, because they already set it up with the with the dream
1: of, of Jessica Beale like they already set up that something else is going on so that if something went wrong we would know why. Right. And it's weird cuz they like I feel like there's other points in the movie where it gets really complicated and they don't explain things super well, but in this mm-hmm. moment they kind of overexplained.
0: Right. And that was just a, like I I found myself being like just stop telling us all this stuff. Like just, just yeah. like have the events play out a little more and stop all the like exposition that people feel is necessary sometimes to make sure that nobody's lost along the way and I don't know. I I think sometimes it makes for more bland. Plan movies, yeah, I agree with that. so the memory stuff
1: in this film, the way it sort of progresses throughout um how did you how did you feel about sort of the twist and turns and then like where we're left at the end with like you know was here isn't you know was he possibly dreaming kind of question that you might have with total recall
0: in this version of events, I feel like they they in order to have another one last shocking twist moment, they played their hand and made it so that it's not ambiguous right
1: Right. So they he wakes up in the you're talking about when he wakes up in the uh, medic chamber and Kate Beckinsale's there. But she's got the Beale face on. She's got the
0: mask on. And then, yeah, yeah, Yeah. that was their play. That was their moment to like have it be like, what really happened? You know, is he was it all just a dream? Was he actually, you know, was he Mm -hmm. in recall? Was he not in recall? Did any of this really happen? I feel like because of that, they're saying. For a second, you're like, oh, shit, was it all a dream? And then because she was wearing a mask and it was her and she's still trying to fight him or whatever, you're like, OK, it wasn't a dream at all. Yeah. They were just trying to trick us right here one time at the end.
1: Yeah, it was almost like it's weird because I think the, there's a similar amount of tricks that happen as the original movie. But for whatever reason, they were harder for me to follow and kind of keep track of um he is a spy he was a spy that he thinks was a good guy which the same thing happens in the original then he finds out that he was actually in on it with brian cranston's character um which is similar to what happens in the original right like so Mm -hmm. he's he he basically is double crossed by his own past self which is such a cool idea you know like I, i think that that's cool like the person that i think i want to return to being is actually a shithead and I don't want to be him anymore. I want to be this new person because I, I, that guy I don't like anymore.
0: Um, it kind of reminds me of Looper a little bit with like sort of like dealing with your past self and your future self and like, you know, how those two people have different goals and objectives and that kind of thing.
1: OK, yeah, I need to watch that movie again. I don't remember exactly how it goes down, I'll admit. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but anyway, and then and then um, at the end, he is sort of embracing his new self and saving the world, I guess. And he's saving the colony. Um but i didn't find there he says like something at the end to kind of evoke the same feeling of maybe this could have all been a dream but But um yeah there's like a voiceover that plays while he's sleeping or something he's like remembering people saying things but i was not left with the same and big ambiguity that they had in the original film at all it felt very much like just a nod in that direction, but we're we're playing this straight. Like This is the reality. This is what actually happened. And partly yeah. maybe it is because of the Kate Beckinsale thing that kind of confuses it. Even though it's not memory related, she has a mask on. But having that right there, I think complicates that potential sort of ambiguity at the ending. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, another character that I was disappointed in. There was a character named Hammond, I think his name was, who helps him out. He's this like uh, mm-hmm. other other freedom fighter or something who knows him and he saves him when he's about to get killed or get like memory wiped and, or returned weirdly, to his original seems, or whatever.
0: Again, seems kind of convenient, like weirdly, like why, yeah. you know, why does he show up then? And... and he saves him, but then he dies. And I'm not even right. sure how. I think you we're just supposed to think he gets shot in the scuffle, I, yeah.
1: I guess there's just a scuffle breaks out and then he looks over and he's laying on the ground and then he checks his pulse and he's dead. I was like, that was weirdly convenient, I guess, if you didn't want to have to
0: explain what was going on with that character at all. Right. He helped out when the protagonist needed help and then, you know, he was killed off for emotional I don't know, I emotional. Guess, but we motivation, he never got maybe to a talk little to the bit? guy. It's right. so weird. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh you oh, know what uh, else I, I was was definitely then. missing from this movie is uh Like all of the mutants, all of the, all the you know colorful, interesting people that that the three breasted woman doesn't make much sense if you don't have any of that, right? And it's like to have those people that I think that's supposed to be an allegory for you know all different types of people. Whereas in this case, we it's just basically all white people, right? Except for the one one. There's a few
1: like there's there's definitely some you know Asian people and some black people and stuff, but like. They've all sort of been subsumed by white culture, it seems like, because they live in like Britain now, essentially, and and, and Australia.
0: And I guess, uh, you know, I don't think that the mutants were, there weren't necessarily a ton of people of color within them anyway, but I think, I think there was like a commentary being made there, right? Or like somebody, like minorities of some kind that were like being oppressed and that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I think it is messy and I don't want to give him too much credit for it, but it was right. something that was there that was fairly absent from this one. I'll agree with that. Um, so one scene I do want to talk, touch on before we run out of time. Um, I really liked it too, was when his friend shows up and has that kind of like mind fuck moment of trying to convince him that he's still dreaming. Um, right. I thought that scene was tense. I thought that scene worked well. I, I, Colin Farrell did some actually pretty good acting with his eyes and his confusion like I, I could it was really he wasn't saying hardly anything but you could mm-hmm. tell he was really struggling with like who do I believe do I believe Jessica Biel right now that's not the character's name but do I believe her do I believe my friend he's saying things he just gave her the gun he seems like so cavalier about it you know like he's it was it was an interesting like will he won't he believe him scene um, that I of course knew it would end in him not believing him. But I guess I didn't quite get the final the final beat of the scene where in the original film he sees the sweat, and that's what makes him feel like it's real. Mm-hmm. Here, I didn't quite understand what the triggering moment was for him to decide, other than he just makes a decision. I guess,
0: kind of. Yeah, I, I agree. It wasn't like a realization. It was like sort of just like a "fuck it." Yeah, moment, I'm just gonna shoot this guy like, now. Yeah,
1: but. All that being said, I still thought the scene was good. It was one of the highlights. Um, I, I thought it was tense. Uh, they were using the lens flares a lot in that scene, but I thought they were doing it on purpose because it, I think it was trying to imply that like, maybe this isn't real. Maybe this is a dream with mm-hmm. all the lens flares going on it. And when he was like, he could, he was constantly like squinting, trying to look outside and he like, couldn't really see. And I felt like it right. made it feel like a surreal moment. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I thought that was all pretty cool. I like that. I like that scene. But yeah, the third act, which, which we both touched on, I think it, it really gets it gets bogged down. The action goes really, really long. It feels like the third act was half the movie. I don't know if that's true or not. It just felt that way. Yeah. I remember checking the time and going like, well, I still have 45 minutes left in this movie or something crazy when it felt like the movie was almost over. Right. And it, there was so much of him, like, crawling around on this thing and, like, setting a bomb and, and doing some zero-G fights and then climbing up on top of it in a way that didn't make any sense at all. Then he gets in like, a long fight with the helicopter shooting people
0: and Brian Cranston hamming it up. Right. And then that should be the ending, maybe, like, a scene after that. And then we get the yeah. other the twist again of him fighting Kate Beckinsdale f- for a little bit longer. Yeah. And, and then, then the, yeah.
1: like, ambulance. Yeah. But that whole thing, it just like, um, I don't know, I felt really, I was kind of confused as to like how everybody knew what was happening in the colony. This is what I was talking about where there was some confusion for me. And maybe I just had checked out and wasn't paying attention enough. But like, I was trying to, like, I was legitimately trying to pay attention. And I didn't quite understand how everybody in the colony knew that there was a threat so that they could cheer when he blows up the ele- the elevator, and then there was also people saying like it's a, it's a symbol of our oppression, like it's it's bad this elevator, but it's called the fall or whatever. But it was never explained. Like I wanted to like have a character say why
0: why it is it oppressive. Ca- they talked a little bit about how like you know it it, it was like it represented like monotony, day to day traveling, like like Colin Farrell's character in the beginning right. talked about it. Basically. But that but seems like, but, like it, a lame yeah.
1: reason for an entire society to hate the thing because it's right. like oh it's boring. What <laughs> it's a symbol of our oppression, because we it's all, so boring
0: uh, we, we all hate boring things Yeah, Everybody we just fly that. through the
1: middle of the earth and go to zero G and then you know, you know, what I mean that's so boring Oh,
0: that's so boring. What? <laughs>
1: doesn't make any sense. I, I really like okay. Maybe the the way it provides a, a a tool for the United Britain, you know, whatever alliance to oppress the colony is through this thing that seemed to be like built in, but they never explained how that works. And I just I was curious. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm a I'm kind of a geek for world building. And this world didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think that was one of my major problems, too, is it's like I just didn't, I just didn't believe it. it. It felt like a fake situation. It felt overly simplified. They're like, oh, we're just gonna have two places that are connected by one shaft. That's all that's left on the earth. Don't worry about it. And one's bad, one's good. And, like, that was it.
0: <laughs> right. When they first went out to venture into the territories that weren't one of those two areas, I was excited about it. But yep. then it ultimately didn't lead to anything really that great. So I, I thought it was cool nothing. that I was like, oh, cool. We get to see, like, other things besides these two places and we can see the resistance and all this stuff. But it didn't really amount to all that much.
1: Yeah. There was almost no body horror in this, Um, uh, you know, kind of moments. And other than when he pulls the the, the um, phone out of his hand, but even that, it wasn't that bad. Whereas, like, can you imagine a scene where he has to pull the phone out of his hand in the original Total Recall, how that would have looked? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There'd be, like, a rat pulling it out of his hand or something. Well,
1: I mean, like, remember when he pulls the fucking tracker out of his nose? Remember how that yeah. looked? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: yeah. So, anyway, this is my point.
1: It's, like, it, 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 it was trying to be an adaptation of the original short story, um, but... It had the problem of we want to appeal to all the fans of the original film, knowing that that's the more popular version. But it failed to do that big time. And it almost would have been better if they hadn't even tried. And they just said, like, we're just going to adapt the short story in a new way. And we're not even going to try and reference all the shit from the original film, because then you get into this trouble, I think, of of trying to have certain call outs to particular moments and having them be just like watered down shitty versions of them. Yeah. This movie doesn't seem to have any discernible message that I could really gather, other than uh, colonize, colonization bad, maybe, maybe. And it does. The, if that's the message, it's also done
0: poorly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure either. Again, maybe yeah. it's like just goes back to the roots of the story. It's a wish fulfillment story, especially for this time period, the sort of secret agent. But then they turned it into like Jason Bourne action movie yeah. mixed with it's Kate Beckinsale. Maybe
1: just in my rewriting of the film that that's kind of yeah. what I've been thinking in my head of like if I'm, so I'm like mentally rewriting it. I'm like, if you're going to do something really different, like have a reason, have something you're trying to say. And this movie didn't really have anything to say other than I, we wanted to have a bunch of fun action sequences. We wanted to dress it up like Total Recall. We wanted to right. do homages to Blade Runner and Minority Report and collect a paycheck. And I don't know. That was... It, it felt kind of lame. It felt kind of like they didn't go far enough or push themselves far enough to find uh, more more compelling ideas. And ultimately, it's it's a movie that not a lot of people remember. Un- right.
0: Unfortunately. And unfortunately, you can just point to it. it kind of, it kind of fits in the group of uninspired sort of you know generic sci-fi even though there's a lot there's a lot in there that you could pull from and you know it could have been a much better movie unfortunately just the sum of all its parts just kind of embodies exactly what I think of when I think of like sort of a generic sci-fi film yeah well and and let me say again like this movie has
1: so many pieces that I like this should be a movie I love it really wouldn't have had to have been that good for it to be a movie I really enjoy because there's so much surrounding it is the kind of shit I'm into. Like it speaks right. to me and it yeah. just, the fact that it still failed to be a movie that I enjoyed is a pretty, damning indictment. I think. Um, yeah. Although I, you know, I'll admit there are, there are some decent parts and people, you know, do like this movie. Like I'm not shitting on it for you. Um, just for me, there was parts that just didn't land, especially in the, in the last half of the movie or so. Right. But all right, I think we should wrap it up now. Uh, we hope you're enjoying our, our uh, projects we're doing on the main feed. I know we're, we're trying some different kind of stuff right now, but hopefully everybody's enjoying it. And uh, we'll see you next time.